Welcome to the Traveler's Guide to Life podcast, Season 3, Navigating Through National Hospice and Palliative Care Month. Episode 5, Billboards, Part 2, What to Say When You Don't Know What to Say. It's funny, even though when we don't know what to say, we somehow say something, which is something we shouldn't say. So Every time. Every time. So I, I think maybe a good way to approach this is to say some of the things that people have said that they shouldn't say, and then we'll end on positive notes of these are things you can say or do. Yes. So, but there's a lot of things that people and one of the things we're talking about in preparation for this is the whole battle language that we use be a fighter be a warrior you know and people just it just comes out of their mouths they've seen it on hallmark cards and ultimately it's not helpful it's not when you read the obituaries that they um lost their battle Mm -hmm. lost the fight um it implies, and this is not the intention, wow, you lost. Mm-hmm. You know, at the end of life, you just lost it. Right. And it it sounds like you're d- defeated um, and that you didn't live the way you should have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always feel bad when I read those because it's like, no, they, they lived their life the way that worked for them. The, ca- the cancer, the disease right. um, ended their life, not them. Right. It'd be much b- better to read... She lived fully every day to the very end with love and joy. Right. Not that she lost the battle with cancer. Right. Um, And that actually goes back to um, Richard Nixon Um, in the early 70s. They um, were decided that they were going to wage a war on cancer. Mm -hmm. And they used that warrior battle language. And that clearly has stuck. Yes. Um, yes. And we need a new narrative yeah, for that. Right. Because we're all going to die. Right. Um, from what, we don't know, but we're all going to die. And do we really want to be um, seen as a loser at the end of life? Because we didn't we didn't beat that cancer, no right. matter how hard we tried. And the other thing you hear when someone gets a diagnosis like cancer um, is everything happens for a reason. And I'm sure that leaves the person with the diagnosis scratching their head saying, what did I do then uh, right, to right. deserve this? Right. Um, and, and they'll say, keep fighting. And we hear that at hospice all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, we're not ready for hospice. We, we, um, Mom still wants to fight. Okay, mm-hmm. that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end, you know, here's fighting can only take you so far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, that's the language that – we struggle with. Um, and the other one is, this is God's plan or God's will. Mm-hmm. It's like nobody wants to hear that. Right. What did I do wrong right. um, to you know, bring on the wrath of God um, that now I'm dying? Mm-hmm. Um, not helpful. And I th- again, I think everyone has the best of intentions, um, but I think we all struggle with what we're going to talk about. Um, when you see somebody who um, obviously is um, in poor health and you say, wow, you look great. Sometimes we want to hear it and other times saying, really? Mm Because I've lost like 60 pounds and I'm gaunt and I look great. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not seeing me then. Right. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Right. And then there's the playbook we have 
for people who th- th- their loved one has died. And then we, we, the things we say to grievers are often misplaced, and it's just masking our discomfort. But often they'll say, aren't you over this yet? Right. As if there's a timeline, you know, two weeks, six weeks, six months. Right. You haven't moved on yet? Right. I mean, is there something wrong that you can't do this? Mm-hmm. Um, I was reading um, something the other day, and um, the co- one of the comments was, well, call me when you can stop crying, when you can have a conversation. Mm-hmm. That's hard. That's harsh. And, you know, it's also um, God doesn't give you any more than you can handle. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm pretty overwhelmed and my arms are pretty full. And again, why me? Um, And that's not helpful. Um, And the one, I think I saw it in a a TED Talk, um, the the student was saying um, it was about death. Um, They're in a better place. Okay, I want to go to this better place. Mm -hmm. I want to go talk to them. Right. Right. Um, and better place than here with me. Uh, we inflict wounds that it's not intentional, but we inflict them because we're just so struggling with what to say. And I think both in dying and grief, we're so convinced that we can say something that they're going to say, oh, there it is. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. I'm completely over this. I'm doing okay now because right. of what you said. <laughs> nope. No. I was, although I had one um, individual that felt that they had um, all the right words, um, and they knew that it made a difference. Um, no. <laughs> and um, another person was telling me that they um, were at a funeral and hugged them and said, I'm just so sorry, and I'm so sorry for what the, all these people are going to say to you, um, the awkward um, comments that you're going to get right. coming down the line. Right. And yeah. that... And, and that's a wonderful recognition of this is what is going to happen. Right. And and, and people, like you said, they're not looking to no. cause harm, but we're no. just so uncomfortable with it. Right. And it's um, and when we talk to the bereaved, we let them know it's they're not comfortable right. with this. Um, and same with the dying. Some people just can't be there um, to witness. It's not in their wheelhouse. They can't expose themselves to that level of sadness um, and pain, that's okay. Mm-hmm. And frankly, I applaud you for not trying to push through that if that's something that you're not comfortable with. Right, right. The one thing I hear a lot, and um, this will segue us into things you can say, the one thing I hear people very sincerely will give the person a hug and say, call me if there's anything that I can do. And there's no way that newly bereaved person or the caretaker for the person with cancer is going to call you. They're no. not going to pick up the phone saying, you know what, I really need someone to stick the trash to the corner this morning. Right. Or please walk the dog or right. get my groceries. So what you can say is, I'm bringing a meal next week. What day works best for you? Right. I am going to come walk the dog for you on the weekends. Right. Make a concrete offer. And I right. think everyone will say that. Make the, I have a friend who always, always shows up, and she'll bring people paper towels and toilet paper when that. they're going through that situation. Because yeah. she said that's everything they're running out of. All yeah. these people are coming through their home, and right. she always shows up with that. And I thought, that's the smartest thing. It is. And at first you're like, what do I need this? Because I remember when my father-in-law died, people brought that. I go, that, this is kind of weird. And then, you know, a day later going, oh, thank God they brought <laughs> that stuff. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Right. It's all these things you aren't thinking about. But, so yeah. Make the offer and say this is make a concrete offer. Definitely make it. 
definitely make a concrete offer. Um, I was recently talking to my um, best friend out in California, and she said, you know, I haven't heard from my friend. Her husband had died, and um, I, you know, I'd hoped that she was going to call me. And I said, no, you call her. Mm-hmm. And she goes, well, what if she doesn't want to talk? I said, then she doesn't want to talk, but right. at least you've reached out. Right. And um, she said they had a great conversation right. um, because they did reach out. Bereave don't know what they want. And in some respects, when you're dying, um, your world gets smaller. And um, a lot of people want, oh, I have to go say goodbye. It depends on where they are mm-hmm. um, on that dying process, because maybe they've decided, I really just want um, my immediate family there. And it's not saying not throwing anybody under the bus. It's just saying, I've reached this point where this is what I can manage um, and not have a ton of people in the home. Right. Um, and I think that that's, um, we hear that periodically from patients that, you know, how do we get people to recognize that um, coming and staying for a long period of time is very exhausting for me as a patient. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes we say, you know, put a sign on your door. Right. Just say, you know, not um, taking any visitors today. Um, give a call when you want to come by, and we'll let you know a good time. Right. Um, but again, we want we want to support, and we want to show that support. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we just have to be a little bit more mindful about how we do that. Right. And sometimes it's the simple words of "I'm sorry for your loss." Yeah. Period. Yeah. Don't let your tongue start babbling into other things. No. I'm sorry for your loss. Being willing to sit in silence yes. with someone. Touch can, Listen. Be, touch yeah. can be very healing. Listening yep. is the loudest form of kindness. Yes. Exercise it. Become an active listener. And, you know, sometimes people feel like the person who's died has been erased because we don't want to bring up the name because that might cause pain. But yes. very often... They need that memory alive. They need to know the anniversary, the birthday, the memory comes up. They want to keep on talking about that person. That person is very much alive within their memory. So if, say, you know, can we talk about dad? Can we talk right. about your spouse? Because that's, that's part of healing. It, it is very healing, and that's part of the process. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what we've always, what we continue to see is that we all go to the funeral um, we go to the calling hours, um, maybe to the after um, party celebration of life, and then we scatter um, like ants saying, oh, they need to be alone now. Actually, that's the time that they need that support. And really, um, people always say, well, I never know what to say or do. You just listen, mm-hmm. you know, and you prompt them with stories. Right. Tell me about when you first met your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about um, your first Christmas together. Right. Um, tell me the funniest thing that you're going to always remember right. about them. Or if you've had a close relationship with both of them, to say, remember the time and, you know, have that conversation right. and hopefully laugh. Right. And just or just ask in a very open way, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. And they may not be in this space, or they may say, I want to explore this. I'm going to talk about this. And the great thing is you don't have to have any answers. No. You just have to listen. Right. And you will learn a lot about um, your friends, your family, um, and they will be very appreciative of that. And you'll think, well, I didn't do anything. Right. Yeah, you did. Yeah. I think the whole thing, the key is to get past our discomfort. Yes. And learning just to be with another person. Yes. And to sit and be with their emotion and to know that listening and just abiding with them is the best thing we can do in these situations absolutely and not say our platitude and run out the door because we're scared of it no so there's a lot of good lessons to be learned here absolutely and so much of this is the experience that we've had with hospice over the past 40 years right 
and right. lessons learned from patients and from bedsides and families. And there's just a lot of great wisdom within the staff and the volunteers and on the website right. that you can explore Absolutely. to learn more about all these topics. Yep. Absolutely. And be sure to check out, you know, all of the, um, we add to the TED Talks on a regular basis. Um, look at the articles, um, look at the books that are in the library. Because you can come up with your own little script of what you're going to say. One of the things that I've heard um, that I find I'm appreciative of is uh, I have no words. Yeah. I have no words. And yeah. I think as that bereaved person, you're like, oh, thank God that you're struggling as much as I am. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that identification right. that I, I have no words. Right. It's, it's just a privilege to explore a lot of these topics here in the Traveler's Guide to Life. It is. It is fun. It is. It is fun. I'm Linda Potter. I'm Mary Jones. We'll keep seeing you on the road. 